Hey everybody, you're listening to Big Things with Zach Miko, and on today's episode, we here at Big Things wish you a happy new year. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the theme song. And welcome back to Big Things with Zach Miko. Happy New Year, everybody. Guys, we've been doing this for about a year now. I think this is episode 50, something like that. It might be 49, and I could be lying, but it's up there. We had a couple bonus episodes, so we've, we've done a lot. We've been doing this for a year now, and it's awesome. So what we thought we'd do today is put together a very special episode for you. Kind of a look back at the year at a couple of uh, my favorite guests that I think have important messages for us going forward. Um, But I just wanted to take a moment to say, guys, I really appreciate this so much that you listen. Um, This podcast means a lot to me. I, I don't get to... I get to talk to the coolest people. I get to be inspired every single week. And the fact that a couple of you want to listen to me do it makes me so happy. It gives me an excuse to talk to my favorite people. Um, I learn and grow from it. And I just want to thank you. I learn and grow from all of you. And thank you so much for being a part of this show. And it really means a lot to me that you guys have been here over the past year. So what we're going to do is going to look back some of my most favorite people. I already said that, but you know, this is, this is a podcast. We're freewheeling. We're saying again. So first up, I want to introduce guys a clip from uh, those of you who listen to me know exactly who Ivan Bart is. Ivan Bart is the president of IMG Models and IMG Fashion. He uh, has changed my life. He called me out of obscurity in order to sign me with the biggest modeling agency in the entire world. And not only just that, he propelled my career forward, but he also propelled the entire plus and curve, brawn, big and tall, whatever you want to call it, world. So he was my very first episode. Um, my interview style isn't as good, but <laughs> that's what's cool about doing this over the past year. We grew. So I just want to introduce this little clip about me and Ivan Bart talking about why we needed plus fashion. Uh, We talks a little bit about, you know, signing me, signing the other girls, and the challenge he made to designers to do more inclusive fashion. So here's Ivan Bart. Like, I enjoy my life. Yeah. I enjoy food. I work out all the time. My doc, and you know, that's the whole thing. Your health is determined by you and your doctor. Agreed. If your doctor and your blood work and everybody deems your health is good, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter. Size doesn't matter. I completely agree. And that was the most freeing message that I got from signing those women. Yeah. And and I also then began to feel like, you know, this is not a woman's issue. It's 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 a human issue. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I felt it was very important to have a male voice. 
That's why we found you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we were looking hard. Do you remember? I remember it was like, because I had seen a lot of you in, again, papers yeah. and things like that. And then, you know, I had, I, we had signed these women. Yeah. Um, and then we did what we do. We started to push them into the mainstream. And they were starting to explode into the mainstream. And I had gone to London and I was hiring an executive who also specialized in curved women. Mm-hmm. And I started looking at these cards and I'm like, these women are beautiful. And I, I ended that meeting. I'm like, okay, this is a business that is important and we need a male vo- voice. And if you recall, I, I picked up the phone and I called you yeah. from London. Yeah. And I'm like, Zach, you know, uh, we need to take a look at you. When can you come in? I'll be in New York. And you were in like. And I was like, I'll be the second. When are you in New York? I'll be here. That sounds great. No, that's exactly what it was. I thought it was a a joke at first. I'm like, you're like, well, this is Ivan Bart, the president of IMG Models. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm the queen of England. That's what this (laughs) is. As you're talking to me on the phone, I was like deep Googling. I'm like, is this really him? No, this is him. This is good. So, So what was it like to push those women? into the mainstream what were designers accepting of it did you get a lot of backlash i know it's still i feel like we see curve women everywhere i think what people don't realize is there's still so far to go in terms of inclusivity in the fashion industry so did you get any pushback trying to get these women sure i mean i was i mean and but like in any great vision or any person i believed into like from the very beginning you know my my whole career you know, mm-hmm. starting from 1986, is you you find somebody, you get very excited about them, you call, and they're they're all excited about the top model of the moment. Yeah, they're not excited about this like nobody that you're saying, but they're going to be you. You're like they're going to be big. They're going to yeah. be really big. So my whole career is based on like door slamming all day long, like where they're like, yeah, she's cute, but can you please give me Nikki Taylor? You know, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, like uh, you know, she's very cute, but what about Stephanie Seymour? And yeah. My whole career was all about that. So I was perfectly armed and ready when Curve Women came in to like pick up the phone and say, well, what about Ashley? What about Marquita? What about? Yeah. And, you know, not everybody was on board. And I clearly remember because I thought what the industry was starting to turn in a very positive way in the fact that we were focusing more on inclusivity of race. Yeah. And uh, people were very conscious of, you know, casting a diverse group. Yeah. And I approached one of the designers and I said, you know what? I, and I always give compliments where compliments are meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I said, congratulations on always having the most inclusive, diverse runway. Yeah. I'd like to challenge you. How about let's include size? And, you know, we can open the thing with Carly Kloss. Yeah. This designer was like, it's not my aesthetic. It's not something that I design. It's not something I do. And, you know, it's, it's, and, and this is the thing. It's like, you know, we could sit here and judge yeah. whether that it was correct or incorrect or appropriate or not appropriate. And, but I, I actually then began to really understand, okay, wait, designers have an aesthetic. Yeah. And they actually have to believe the message in order for it to succeed. So, Okay, that's a no. Yeah. All right. It fell flat. Great. It didn't stop me from going to the next person, the next person, the next person. But the interesting thing, and I want to go quickly, is uh-huh. that designer called me again and said, I'm I'm impressed with what you're doing here, and I get it now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, no, it, it takes, yeah. I mean, know? you almost have to give a moment. It, did that have, one of the things that I really love is, earlier this year, you wrote an open letter 
two designers. You wrote on your Instagram, through the thread of the fabric, there is connectivity in building a dress. And through the human experience is the thread that connects us all. As we celebrate your vision and design, we ask you to celebrate our diverse talent by considering all of our models regardless of their sizes and background. Fashion designers are aspirational, and every consumer wants to experience the beauty and the joy of well-designed clothes. Diverse women connect the dream to become your consumer. Everyone deserves the opportunity and the privilege to wear your vision. We are wishing you great success this coming season, and we thank you for considering our talent to walk your runway. Ivan Bart, President IMG Models. I cried the first time I read that because it... It means so much, and and what I think is so beautiful about that is you do take in the fact that these people, these designers, are artists, and they do have a vision. And instead of challenging them and telling them that you're they're wrong and that they need to change, you're opening them up to other experiences and just be like, "There's you can have more than one muse, you can have more than one vision. You never know. I, I mean, if, if, if I hadn't listened to Leonard Skinner when I was a kid, I never would have picked up a guitar. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's... And that's such a huge thank you from from me and from the body positive community. Thank that you. you take, it means a lot to me too. And yeah. you know, actually, I was welling up with tears as you're reading it because you know it really it, it they those words were flowing through me. Yeah, it was coming from another place. It really was. And you know, I learned a long time ago too. Look, we could we could try to change a lot of viewpoints but if we could just change one that day we did something good so I try to remain positive and I try like if we could just had one designer like they're what 75 80 during New York yeah exactly designer had and and by the way successfully after that I mean Parable Grung um, Tome Christian Seriano I mean people were digging the message absolutely it wasn't like one it was quite a few and I still don't understand. To me, it, it, it's 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 a no-brainer. Definitely a no-brainer. And even just in the past year, how much this industry has grown amazes me. So thank you, Ivan. I love you. Happy New Year. Uh, next up, we have so one of my favorite bands in the entire world, Mother Feather. I got to sit down with the lead singer who I've become friends with over the years, and she's amazing. And I wanted to talk a little bit about... You know, going for your dreams and and but not only that, it's just in order to achieve what you want nowadays, you kind of have to have like an element of badassery to you. And nobody in the world is more of a badass than Ann Courtney of Mother Feather. Um, so in this next clip, we talk about really pushing for it, going on warp tour, um, you know, getting to a new city every day, performing her heart out, and that time that I went and saw them and she broke her ribs on stage. So here's Ann Courtney. And to, to our benefit, much to our benefit. Yeah. That was such a that was such a cool, special experience for our band. How many yeah. cities did y'all do? Uh, I think we did 42 dates, like in That's seven so weeks cool. or something. Jesus. <laughs> seven and a half. So weeks, y'all are yeah. just packing up each day and hitting the next spot. Yeah, it's. I mean, especially for somebody who'd never been on tour like that yeah. before. I mean, we'd done like a little, some overseas jaunts. And yeah, no, you definitely did stuff, but you were like a New York City centric band. Very much so. Yeah. So. And then suddenly we're on like, you know, full, full fucking tilt. Yeah. 
summer camp back traveling circus. Yeah. Yeah, it was wild. I mean, I'm very it was great. And and I I mean, I thought I was going to die. Like <laughs> I, I no, I really like I yeah. wasn't sure that my body was going to hold up. Well, you guys put on such a high energy show that it's not like no offense to it, but it's not like sitting there with an acoustic guitar getting to sing your couple pretty songs and leave you guys leave it all out on the stage every time well and i always end up like being in a lot of physical pain i remember when you shows. had to go to the hospital after a show at rockwood that really once. sucked that was such a bummer because that, that was something that was really out of my control yeah um I don't remember what happened. You slipped on what, something. What happened was that the band before us had left some kind of slippery substance on the stage. Yeah. Like valve oil, maybe? I had tipped over a, a thing of valve. I don't know, but in the clean... Something more it, viscous than a vodka soda something or something. super yeah. slippery and oily. Yeah, yeah. And the stagehand had wiped it down into the wood, like basically creating something that was like more slippery than yeah. ice. And Thinking I remember he was wiping it up, but he's just smearing, smearing it. Making yeah. it just like impossibly slick. Jeez. And I remember, so the curtain was down. Yeah, of course. Our, our friend, the curtain has returned. Yeah. Uh, the star of this podcast. The yeah. Curtain. <laughs> the curtain is down. We're setting up our gear and I got up on stage and I was like, <gasps> Oh my God, why is it so fucking slippery? I'm gonna fucking break my neck. And I was like pouring Coca Cola on the stage, talking the state, like, we gotta, we yeah. gotta try and figure this out. All in persona because you, you, you have, you have a very like, like real. There's a big difference between Ann Courtney and Motherfeather on stage, Ann Courtney. So you, I remember from the very beginning, you were like, this is slippery as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like just yelling it into the mic and like, just, at, yeah, but kind of like just setting, like foreshadowing you well, taking a tumble. Dude, the, we, uh, maybe a year or two before, we played a show after this amazing band called Not Blood Paint at Cameo. Mm-hmm. And they had like a lot of like props and stuff, including uh, roast chicken, which they were like rolling around in on the stage. So, I mean, I have been on a slippery stage before, like full of like animal fat. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like it's fine. Whatever this was, it was scary. Yeah. So we played the first song and you know the choreo didn't like involve a lot of like moving from yeah. my legs and then as soon as i had to move white just wiped out instantly and fell over the bass player's pedals and there's that railing on the front of the stage too yeah not not no more but there were no that there was new that? no it's there now it's it, it, there. it was yeah. a new thing i remember well, it wasn't I mean, original stage two was also newish new. yeah yeah anyway so i fell over the pedals and and fell like ribs first into the railing which is like a thin iron railing oh, yeah. and it basically like wedged itself in between my ribs and i was like oh, okay wow that really hurt but it was you know the adrenaline of the show yeah you kept up. going for as long as i could and then there was you know we were singing consolation baby and there's that high note and it yeah. just there was no breath like i had no there no sound came out yeah and then it started to like sink in i was like oh i'm really hurt yeah like something yeah, bad yeah, yeah. really happened and i was so so sad like i i ended the show because i was like i'm not you had to yeah. i'm not gonna make it and um which i hated to do but you I popped up 
uh, as an audience member of that show, you like popped up so quickly after getting after falling and made it look like nothing. I just remember when you guys did end the show, I was just kind of like, oh, that set was pretty quick. Like, I didn't think anything was wrong. And then all of a sudden from a lot of people, people just started pouring out. And I was just I was like, was going by like to say goodbye to you. And I think like, you know, Tom came back and he was just like, yeah, she's going to the hospital. (laughs) She's gone. I was just like, wait, what? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's fucked up. I uh, yeah, that was a super bummer. But uh, you know, when I got the response back from people the next day, which is like, I didn't, I didn't know you no were, one knew. you know, I didn't know. Because you just popped up and kept going, whether which, it was pure good, adrenaline or man, pure, pure badassery. I was really or... fucking bummed we didn't get to play the end of that show because yeah. we made it to about the midway point. Yeah. We didn't make it to the finale. And it was, I think that was the show that maybe the Metal Blade Blacklight Media imprint was... Because I, I, I think that was the first time Chris Santos actually saw us live. And I was like, <laughs> oh, and I broke my ass on stage. Oh, but it was badass. It was, I mean, it was fucking, uh, I don't know how to describe it other than badass. Badassery abounds in that one. Um, yeah. She, she's an absolute amazing go check out mother feather and they have a new album out constellation baby their old album mother feather is also amazing both on metal blade records you know get the, get the stuff guys they're amazing and if you're ever in new york or anywhere else they're performing they put on the best live show i have ever seen in my life and thank you for being a friend thank you for teaching us to be badass that's what we're doing with this episode we're teaching you guys different things ivan bart be an innovator and courtney be a badass what's next be flexible be malleable be ready for the opportunity and nobody is better to talk to about that than my good buddy noel mcneil you guys little background on who he was he was on our one of our earlier episodes noel mcneil is a sesame street puppeteer muppets puppeteer he played bear in the big blue house he was the puppeteer for bear itself which is you know i wa- i grew up watching it i mean i was like 10 when it came out but it was still good enough for me um you've seen him everywhere he is there's like 15 puppeteers that seem to do everything in the whole world and (laughs) noel is one of them he's been with the jim henson company since the late 70s early 80s he's anyway he'll tell you better than i can but be ready for opportunities. Be open and be available and hear how in just 72 hours his whole life changed. Here's Noel McNeil. Looking over this stuff. And I walk in and the executive producer, uh, Peter Van Roten, who now is at Warner Brothers, uh, he said, okay, just do your own voice. And I'm like, what? But with the Muppets, we don't do that. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. He explained to me that Bear was to be designed as the anti-Barney. So that kids and their adults could sit there yeah. and listen to sort of a pleasant voice you yeah. know, without gouging their eyes out. And so it, 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 he was designed so that kids and grownups could sit together and watch the show so then they could then have a similar experience afterwards so yeah. that they could continue on and share their day. So I got inside the, the prototype, which was pretty much kind of like Bear's body, but without the fur. It's just like this sort of hooped ringed body uh-huh. was covered in netting and this foam head and I didn't have a monitor but I could see through the netting and I could see like the TV set and like the camera and then I was in and when I was inside I was like wow this feels really fun it's like it felt really good and then I realized wait a minute 
it's this is like after five o'clock. I'm the last person. This is a courtesy call. It's like, yeah. I'm never going to get this. And so that's when I just said to myself, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just going to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. So then when it came time to do things like hold a glass of water and, and show it to the camera, I just like slammed the the water up against the lens and like had his eyes peering through the reflection. <laughs> and then there was another time in the script where he had to like sniff the kids at home. And so yeah. I just ran up and just shoved the whole nose into the lens of the camera and pulled yeah. it out and then shoved it back in again. And just, and then just like running around and just jumping and just like having a great time. Cause like, I'm never going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and then that was a Friday. And then, Monday, just before six o'clock, as the weekend went by, that's when I got the call that said, "Like, no, you got it." That's, a, that's so cool. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was. It was very cool, and yeah. So Bear was great. It's like that weekend actually changed my life because that Saturday, uh, my friend Mike called and a mutual friend of ours, Wes, uh-huh. who was always doing acapella with his group. They were in an acapella competition. Oh, good. Save that five times fast. <laughs> at, over at uh, Symphony Space on the west side. And so he invited me and he invited a couple other people. Now, he invited an old, friends of his, an old friend of his, Susan. And Susan had just moved back to New York. And he said, oh, why don't you come and see Wes? Because she knew Wes, too. And she was like, sure. And so... She came, but she didn't know anybody there. Yeah. So we were all meeting at a restaurant. So I went to the bathroom, and then Susan came, saw Mike, didn't know anybody else there, thought, oh, great. And then Mike said, oh, and that seat's for Noel. He just went to the bathroom. Now, Susan always heard of me, but she had never Mm -hmm. seen me because this was back in the 90s. So, you know... Back when, like, email was just like, you know, the frontier. Just a dream. (laughs) Just a dream. Just like, we forged the path of email. So telling about my friend Noel was on the puzzle place of Regis Kathy Lee, and he's doing this and doing that. And and so she had always heard of me, but she had never met me, but she knew I was a puppeteer. Yeah. So then she had this image of what a puppeteer looked like. Oh, man. So it's like she figured, oh, he's probably got some sort of facial hair, maybe a ponytail. I was going to say, Jim Henson always had a massive (laughs) (laughs) like a ponytail, probably a shirt that has some sort of beer logo on it of some oh, sort. Geez. And then I came out, and then as like I saw her, and I didn't know she had arrived. And then I suddenly saw her. I was like, Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Who, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> and she was having a similar thing in her. Man, I was like, Oh. <laughs> oh, that's the puppet. This is this is Noel. And so, you were cute as the Dickens back then, because yes, I've seen I was your young. old Sesame Street. <laughs> I've seen your old Sesame Street <laughs> photos. Yeah, and so we sat each other at the at the theater. The next day, we went to our mutual friends' engagement party uh-huh. and hung out. And then at the end of that, that's when I asked her for our number so that I could. Uh, go out with her and then the next day Monday that's when I got bare and then later that week that's when I called Susan to make a date and so that that's whole 72 week. yes that whole 72 hours just changed my life so oh that's so yeah. all that in 72 hours how crazy is that that's why you guys got to be open you got to be ready for what's coming I always used to say modeling wasn't my it was the dream I never knew I had and the only reason it even happened is because I was open to it and Noel was open to whatever came to him and he found his wife and his career in the same 72 hours so not a bad thing remember to be open and available and ready um, our next guest you guys know her you love her uh, she only has one name she only needs one name the lovely Christiana absolute 
favorite uh, model that I met while doing America's Next Top Model. Um, this When I met up with her, she taught us how to be brave, how to be selfless, how to put yourself out there to help others. Um, while on America's Next Top Model, Christiana revealed a personal trauma. Um, she revealed the fact that she had been sexually assaulted. And in doing so... She helped so many people around the world because ever since then, she's been working to destigmatize trauma, to destigmatize these things. And she's truly an amazing person. She's the founder of The Real Catwalk. She's modeling all over the damn place. She has the most interactive, fun social media you've ever seen. So listen up to my good friend, Christiana. I'm like, oh, my God, it's so cute. <laughs> oh, man. So in the show, um, because you were so relatable and lovable and a fan favorite, uh, the producers pushed you to be as open as humanly possible. Yes. <laughs> and in doing so, you actually um, not only talked about your experiences yeah. with your mother coming to the United States <laughs> as... <laughs> As you, you, you sold yeah. your mother to the United States. Yeah, mom. So you're <laughs> I want to go to America, mom. I know. need to go. So you talk about that, but then also um, during the bullying episode, yeah. you revealed that you had been assaulted as a child. Yes, yes. And I just wanted to commend you on that from just as a fan of the show because so many people have been through those experiences and to see someone brave enough to put it to voice the Mm -hmm. way you did and actually talk about your experiences in the most open, I mean, you're on national television, like like, as open mm -hmm. as possible. Um, Thank you for sharing that with us. Did you, I'm, I'm assuming you had people after that reaching out to you yes yes and i was i'm very grateful as as terrifying that episode before it came out i was very i didn't know how i came i didn't know i didn't know know anything because you didn't see it yeah yeah i didn't know i was just i knew i was so real and so present i would just pour it out every emotion that was like i was just here i am and then again when i didn't know how the added was gonna i didn't know yeah and then it just like I cried, of course, during the episode. But then I opened my uh, personal messages. My DMs are open, so I have all these people reach out, and yeah. you would be like, uh, I, I just that would be. I would talk to everyone, especially on, on, on this topic. And I had so many boys and girls uh, also coming out to their parents about yeah. things that happened to them, like just recently or many years ago. And mm-hmm. it was very. It felt. I don't know for me. I'm very grateful it happened, although it felt very terrifying during the time. Like, oh my gosh, what is happening? But I knew it was, uh, I also know Tyra's intentions because I know what she's about and her whole mission and, uh, I, I, I trust it. I trust. I just knew whatever. You knew she wasn't looking to yeah. lead you astray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way. No, coming because I was very excited to go to this specific season because I knew she was going to be back. Yeah. And I love everyone else. It's just like, you know, Tara is, she has mission. She's Tara. And Banks. I'm on yeah. that. I feel, yeah, I, I know that because I'm also part of that journey too. I, you know, I speak for me. It's like the, the, the you know, world peace. Like people, I want diversity. I want inclusion. Yeah. So I, fight, I feel like we fight for the same things. And uh, knowing that, I trust. I was like, whatever she does with me, like whatever the show does with me, I trust it. Yeah. 
and uh, I'm very, I'm definitely very grateful the story came out because it was rotten inside of me. Oh, of course. Like, yeah, it was like continuous guilt, and it would be triggers because after that, that whole thing happened. Like, I, I, you know, months like later. Yeah. I realized a lot of patterns, relationship patterns, like things like that, what triggered me, and just realizing that, Absolutely. and then owning up to that, go like, oh, this is why I'm acting this way when the person just touches me on the shoulder. Yeah. And I go, oh. Well, <laughs> well, even in in the very next week, I remember in the following challenge, I was, again, I came into the show not knowing anything that had <laughs> happened because I didn't, even, I didn't even know who the contestants yeah. were. I just walked in. <laughs> but um, having then watching that episode uh-huh. later, I didn't realize that you had to do the gold oh, with guys yes, challenge that's right the next week or yeah or however many mm-hmm. days are between the challenges um that's right yes 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 no and you, and you even said something you were just like a little nervous it just, yeah it was just well it's a stranger yeah. you don't know these people yeah. you don't know who these guys are yeah and it, and it is especially and we didn't know who these guys were we, <laughs> we no, casted them on that day we, we casted them there was no vetting there, there was us just going like you gave a good audition if you're a crazy person we'll find out the hard way but yeah. luckily they were all we casted three yeah. amazing oh, lovely so guys good. miles are so much fun too i love miles yeah miles yeah. is amazing and it was like normally much more fun it's just because it literally all just happened so i'm just still sort of coming yeah. over going back and forth and the fact that you mm-hmm. guys are just sequestered in the house together at all uh-huh. times you didn't have I a time guess. to so you you made a huge personal confession and then the only people you had to talk about it was your competition that was still there <laughs> that's right so yes you guys became good friends mm-hmm. but you're, you're also competing against one another you didn't have that that those mm-hmm. loved ones that were just there yeah. for you only so you could take comfort in that and true, and i know true, true. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were very, I mean, I know Tyra was, was there for you and, um, and Ashley Graham was bawling her eyes out as yeah. you were describing it to her. And, and, and you, you, you helped a lot of people in that episode. So I just want to reiterate a thank you <laughs> from my audience, from anyone who's ever dealt with that, yeah. because seeing you being so brave about that is going to help so many other survivors move forward in their lives yeah i just i hope i hope it, it's more it's something we can more freely talk about yeah. because then hopefully this could stop yeah if you really could take stop. the shame about out yeah, of it yeah yeah definitely no shame no guilt all of that it's just yeah it was a lot of it, it was in my- no shame no guilt is absolutely right christiana thank you so much for opening up and in doing so just lifting the burden on more people than you will ever know thank you so much keep following her everybody christiana's one of the coolest people ever um so the next thing i want to talk about is determination not just determination but fighting against the odds one of my personal mentors in the world is a model named Chris Collins. I don't think he knows he's a personal mentor, but he absolutely is. He was one of the first models I ever worked with. He was the face of Polo and Ralph Lauren for like 20 plus years, and he's actually founded his own fragrance company, Chris Collins, The Alchemy of Fragrance, and or the world of Chris Collins, Alchemy of Fragrance. You'll find him. He's everywhere, but he has some of the best uh, perfume, which we actually learned that it is technically a perfume. A lot of people think perfume is for women and colognes for men. Uh-uh. That's just a determination of how much scent oil is concentrated in the blend. It's pretty cool. And in order to learn more about fragrance, you'll have to go back and listen to the whole Chris Collins episode. But we're going to talk about 
in this clip, we talk about determination, about diversity, and about the evolution of the modeling world. Because when it started off, he was one of the only people of color you would see in high fashion stuff. And it's really amazing to see how we have transformed over the last 20 years and how we have a long way to go in fashion and entertainment. And I don't think anyone speaks on it better than Chris Collins. So listen up to Chris. But no, it's it's definitely it's changing. And I actually want to know that as someone who um, grew up in kind of the heyday, like made their way in the heyday of what it was to be a model. Right. How do you feel about the increase in size diversity since that's happened? I think it's great. I mean, I did um, this talk on E mm-hmm. uh, talking about, you know, the diversity of body types, diversity of people. Um different cultures, races, you know, it's just, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a sign of the times. It's just talking about like what's going on right now. You know, it's like, well, if you want to portray that every single person is this body type, you're falsifying your message. You're not even talking about what's actually really happening Yeah, because there are different body types. There's shorter, there's taller, there's wider, there's longer, there's, you know, there's different races, there's different it's, yeah. it's all over the all over the place. So these companies, they had to say to themselves, either we show it or we're going to get left behind because other mm-hmm. companies are doing it. So now the other companies caught up, and you know it's just you know back then when I first started that didn't ex- exist. Yeah, I mean you were, I mean you and Tyson Beckford and a handful of others. There weren't a lot of culturally diverse. No models at all and matter of fact that's what kind of made you and um, my friend Kelvin who was on a previous episode he called out you and Tyson Beckford specifically because he even said that he goes they were the only ones like he goes me as a young black man they were the only ones I could look up to and like and and feel good about myself because he was always into fashion but he he couldn't do anything right and 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 I think you know you know and, and it saddens me to say this, but it's better, but it's still not where it should be. No, no. no I no. mean, it still should be more diverse. It still be, should be, you know, more Asians and Middle Eastern yeah. and African-Americans and Spanish. And I mean, the world is so diverse and the world is so beautiful. I mean, it should just be like this rainbow Absolutely. of color and all the ads. And that's the thing is we spent, the fashion industry spent so many years being like, you have to be a six foot tall and white and and 4% body fat right. in order to be considered attractive or be considered a model. Right. And slowly, I mean, they started coming out in the 90s. Mm-hmm. You and Tyson became big. Mm-hmm. Even with size diversity, mm-hmm. Emmy came along and actually was working and people right. were amazed by it and right. and in the fashion business because of that it was uh it was like we would whatever african-american male i can't speak for the women because i think yeah. women you know they shoot more they have their their, their experience in modeling is completely different than ours but exactly. for men <clears throat> it was like this thing where for every big job there was just one spot for a man of color. Yeah. So it would be me and every single African American or person of color, let's say, in New York City mm-hmm. or around the world <laughs> fighting for this one position. I mean, thank God Ralph said, you know what? We like you. Yeah. <laughs> so, no. I mean, but it's, it, you're absolutely right. It, yeah. I think that's something that is even not just in fashion, but also in like Hollywood and TV. They're also true. still dealing with it. Absolutely. Is they still, I heard a, a 
a producer say once that they didn't want to hire um, two Indian guys. There was two Indian guys up for the role, but they were, but they both liked him, and there were other roles, and mm-hmm. they could have just cast them both together. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, we can't cast two Indian guys because then it becomes a show about Indian guys. It's unbelievable. And you're kind of like, wait, what? Because the show had nothing to do with the fact that they were Indian. Exactly. They were just being people. Right. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's so constant, crazy. It's just constant barrier breakage and has to keep happening. And it's happening in fashion. It's happening in television. It's just happening all over. And all the actors, there's so many talented actors yeah. and actresses. And... They all got to fight for that one spot. I know. You know, they unless do. unless there's a person that comes out and says, I'm going to do something like Black Panther and do an all black cast. Which was awesome. Unbelievable. That movie was so good. I mean, it, it was just, it was it was a good movie. It didn't matter yeah. if it was all black cast or white cast or Indian cast. It was a great film. But that's usually what has to happen. There has to be yeah. someone that says, this is what we're going to do. Because, exactly. you know, the, the, the big studios, they're like, well, we need to have more yes all we need is a few brave innovators to change the entire game thank you chris for everything you've ever done for me he's shown me the ropes over the last three years of this modeling world he has it's it i can't thank him enough he's taught me so much about what it is to be a gentleman what it is to be a model what it is to be a business person and i love him love you chris um Perfect. Next coming up, we have one of my closest friends in the modeling world, Marquita Pring, everybody. Uh, We sat down and chatted about everything known to man in our episode. Um, It it was really cool. It talked about, you know, growing up being one of the only people of color in a, you know, very rural upstate New York, coming to model. And we talked mostly about learning to love ourselves. It's a big journey for, I think, every plus model is to learn how to love who you are, where you come from, and really appreciate your true self. So I used to ask people at the end to give advice on how to, you know, feel like you can accomplish things despite what you may feel is holding you back. And I think Marquita gave an amazing answer. So here it is. Marquita. I ask people is... Since you've broken through as a model and you are such a huge role model to so many people around the world, what is a little, you've touched upon it already a little bit, but a little word of advice you can give people that feel like they aren't enough? Mm, aren't enough in in any life. aspect any, any whether I know for me is I felt not enough physically but anyone who feels limited by whether it's their uh, their their looks their size their gender their sexual orientation their religious background the color of their skin a b c d x y z like there everyone has a bunch of reasons for like I could make it if it only wasn't for this this is what's holding me back it's kind of like is there a way you can tell people that? Yeah. So that for me, get in the way? for me, I'm like embrace it all. Mm-hmm. Everything about yourself, your flaws, the things you want to improve, the things you don't like, the things you love, embrace it all, and really focus on loving every single bit of yourself. Mm-hmm. And then slowly you start to realize or start to accept those things that you've seen as flaws. And you realize that, no, this is part of who I am. And anything that I'm pursuing or going after, relationships, work, love, anything, um, 
I believe that if it's meant to be, it will be. And whoever, whatever, will accept me for everything that I have to offer, the good and the bad, and that's it. And just having faith, I guess, in that. Just faith in myself and my self-worth and believing that what's meant for me is for me. And that's it. And always being grateful, too. I find that Mm -hmm. when I'm in a space of gratitude and just, like, even just walking out the door and, like, looking up and seeing that it's a beautiful day and just giving thanks for even that, like, good things really do come to you. And even just your mentality and your perspective, you become less judgmental of people and things and yourself, and you just start focusing on the sweeter things. And I find that things start falling into place because of that sort of more positive headspace and again just accepting yourself and I find that when I accept myself even if I want to improve something physically that once I start claiming it and taking responsibility for it I want to improve it then I take action and I start Mm -hmm. improving it and doing the work to improve it so yeah love that yeah that you answered it all that's everything I hope I answered it. Yeah. 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 No, you definitely did. <laughs> okay. And it's always going to be a lot. <laughs> right. Life's not, you don't get one mantra and no. you're just like, and everything's solved. It's yeah. everything has reasons behind it. Mantras also work though. Mantras yes. do work. Yes. Every day getting better and better. Like I have that written on my mirror in there. <laughs> that was, uh, well, Laura has written on our, oh, uh, we just moved, but on our old, uh, bathroom mirror, uh, she wrote, what is your fucking goal today? Yeah. Like, and every time we go in, we're like, I don't know. And yeah. Then, <laughs> but the one day where she it's always, like, you know what? You're like, yeah, you know what? What is my goal today? What do I want to get accomplished? Yes. So it I works out that. great. Uh, Marquita, thank you so much for being uh, with Perfect. Mark, I mean, she she's amazing. She's right. Perspective is everything. Uh, and it's so easy to tell people, oh, you have to be grateful. Oh, you have to look forward to what's happening. But you know, it's hard. We all go through traumas. Life is hard. But the second you start cutting yourself a little bit of slack, you're going to be amazed at what happens. Marquita, thank you so much. I love you. Guys, you're going to be seeing a lot more of Marquita in the future. Hint, hint, wink, wink. You know, whatever. You never know. But she's absolutely incredible. Um, So finally, I wanted to end with uh, one last clip. One of my really close friends in the city, Matthew Johnson Harris, he's a motivational speaker and a fitness guru and an actor, performer, singer, just an absolute amazing guy. And his story is so, so incredible. And I think it's really important to learn for all of us in the new year to learn to find our true self, who we truly are. Matthew speaks so eloquently on this he's he went through a long period of homelessness he um he he really learned to find himself um i think it's it's best to for him to explain it he's way more eloquent than i am so ladies and gentlemen matthew johnson harris being like, yo, if I had your resources, oh, yeah, I could you, blow this shit up. But right you know now. what? See, you were different. You would get infuriated. I yeah. was a master actor and I would pretend like I was someone else. Like I would yeah. make up stories about like where my money was coming from. I didn't want it to seem like I was doing everything just to keep my head above water. I wanted yeah. to fit in. I created alter egos. Like whenever I see someone 
who knew me in that period. I almost feel like I have to reintroduce myself because I, I get to just be myself now, right? I've gotten to a place where I love myself enough to just be me. And then usually if someone, especially if someone calls me Maddie Fresh, because, oh my God. <laughs> because that was the alter ego I created for myself. So when everyone, when anyone steps to me and goes, hey, what's up, Maddie Fresh? I'm like, oh, I have to reintroduce myself. Not in a bad way or like even like discount who I was at that period because all of him has helped me be who I am today. Yeah. But at the same time, like I just really had a hard time accepting everything about myself, accepting where I came from, and also ex- accepting like the true devastation of being told like this is how you get out. Like this is what everyone does. They they go to school and they go to college and they do this, yeah. this, and this, and it's trying to like live up to this this laid out plan and then it not working out. Like I never really faced how devastating that was. Like it hurt. Yeah. It hurt. And then to see people who I thought weren't as um, passionate as I was, who weren't working as hard yeah. as I was, just be able to coast really yeah. broke my heart. But you know what? It's all starting to work out beautifully and in a yeah. really nice way. And I'm happy that it worked out the way it did. And also, I have a lot of really good friends that I met there. And I, yeah. there's a lot of people that have known me through both sides, which has been great, right? Because they get to see progression and growth in a real way. Yeah. Like they get to see the person I am today, the impact that I have on people's lives. And they know that the person that they met 10 years ago needed to go through exactly who he was, needed to pretend to be eight or nine different people, needed to lie and run away from his past so then he can face his past and then use all of that hurt to then connect. Yeah. To then connect. That's the reason why I can teach a class on the Upper East Side to women who husbands have more than six figures and then on Friday go and teach a free class. Way more than six figures. Way more than six figures. Yeah, way more, right? And then go the following day to teach a free class in Harlem to people who are not even like economically secure enough to afford $10 at Planet Fitness Yeah, because I have experienced pain and I understand how it, how I've always wanted to just be seen and be accepted as myself. And so everybody universally wants that. Yeah. And, and the woman on the Upper East Side might be flipping out because her son didn't get into the school that he wanted to get into. And the woman in Harlem could be flipping out because she's trying to get her kids out of foster homes. Yeah. But their pain is the same to both of them. I know. And because I understand that, it's the reason why I've been able to move through this business. And I just want people to know that, like, if even if you listen to this and you, we, me and Zach can't personally see you, we both have been in a place to where we have felt like we haven't been seen. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we do see you because yeah. we are you. Yeah. We are you. We, we are you. The people that inspire you the most, most likely came from a place to where they felt like they needed inspiration. That's why they have taken on the calling to then help other people. Yeah. To then help other people. It's amazing. Oh, it's so true. Oh, I get choked up every time I listen to him speak. It's truly, truly amazing. Yeah. Guys, be, be who you really are. Learn your true self. It's it's gonna be the most rewarding. It's gonna be the most difficult and absolutely rewarding journey in the world. Matthew, I love you. Thank you so much. And I love all of you. Guys, it's the new year. 
I mean, I don't, we always put so much expectation on the new year of like, oh, we have to make things a change now. And the truth is we can change any single day, but since everyone's focusing on it, why not, you know, just work towards finding who your true self is learning to love yourself, learning to love your body, learning to go for your goals. I know it sounds so simple when I throw it out there, but it's going to be the most difficult journey in the world. So my, my New Year's resolutions are, besides learning Spanish, I do want to learn Spanish, um, are all just based on just deepening who I am. I learned from Ivan Bart how to be an innovator, how to see past the trends and know what was right. I learned from Ann Courtney that it's important to be a badass. It's important to take no shit and keep blazing forward. I learned from Noel McNeil to be open and, and and available and ready for what's coming at me. I learned from Christiana how to be brave and how to be selfless and how to give myself to everyone I see. I learned from Chris Collins how to be determined, how to be focused, how to be an entrepreneur, how to really go for what happens and how to understand the ebbs and flows of society as we go through them. I learned from Marquita to cut myself some slack, to be grateful, to learn to love everything. And I learned from Matthew that finding your true self may be the most difficult thing in the entire world, but it's the most important thing and the rewards are so endless. I love him. I love everyone. I love all my guests that have been here over the past year. I can't believe we've been doing this. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being an audience. Thank you to all my past guests. Super important. Everybody, thank you to our co-producer, Josh Evans, for just putting this together week after week after week. It's... I'm so grateful. I mean, he's my cousin and I love him. And I'm so grateful to have such a talented and amazing cousin be my co-producer on this show. Guys, this is so cool. 2019's coming up. I hope it's an amazing year for all of us. I hope the world is still here at the end of 2019. I'm pretty sure it will be. But if we're going to go into like a zombie apocalypse or climate change apocalypse type thing, I'm ready for that too. And I think all of you are. Have an absolutely amazing new year everybody follow us on all the social medias if you haven't already considering this is like the 50th or 60th or a thousandth episode you probably already do but still reach out to us talk to us we love hearing from you guys i love doing this show we're gonna keep going in the new year um and i love you guys go forward chase your dreams be true to yourself make 2019 your bitch make it the 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 greatest and most incredible year that you can ever imagined happening and happy new year everybody and until next year keep going out in the world and do big things uh, but I'm a-